Alright, so tonight Bennett's asked me to talk about Mission Activated. I'll get this laser pointer out now. Oh yeah, right there. How good's that? <laughs> Alright, so I'll just open in prayer. Lord, I just pray that you can speak through me tonight, that it won't be just me rambling on, but it'll be your words that are spoken tonight. pray that you can open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us tonight, Lord. Amen. Sometimes I feel like um, we're a little bit aimless. Like, I'm a Christian and I have salvation. But what does that mean? Do I just go around and tell people that? Hey, hey, I'm a Christian. You need to be a Christian. He accepts it. Yeah, on to the next person. They become a Christian and I just go to the next person. Is that, is that what we're supposed to do, be doing? Is there a purpose? And if so, what is that purpose? So... The answer to that is yes. <laughs> done. Talk done. No. There is a purpose and we need to know it. And we need to align ourselves with what this purpose is. It's not just whatever we make up. God has a plan and we need to see if we're fitting into that plan. Um, so if we want to find out if we are fitting into that plan, we need to try to learn what that plan is. So to do so, we need to start with creation. Did you know, like a little interesting thing, the Bible starts, <laughs> fun fact, fun fact, the Bible starts with creation, but also finishes in creation. Did you know that? Not always talked about, is it? No. God creates, we know this one, he, he creates in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but he also creates in Revelation, he creates a new heaven and a new earth. So looking at creation is really important, because there's three questions that come up when we read the, the book of Genesis. That is, who are we? Where are we? And why are we here? And these are important questions to answer because they give us foundation. So the first answer to that, when this works, is, well, you probably already knew this, we're God's creation. And we're also in God's creation. And the reason for why we're here is to be in relationship with him. The loves and hates that we have in our lives, um, the ups and downs, even the fundamental things we're made of, the cells, the molecules, atoms, subatomic particles, they're God's creation and, and the bigger things as well. This um, nourishing planet that we live on, it's it's harsh um, planet that we live on, live on at times. Um, it's firm, but it's also a little bit fragile, and it sits amidst this universe that has. Recent article I read lately on universe stuff because I'm into that. <laughs> There's estimated a hundred billion galaxies. Doesn't even really mean anything, in, does it? But in within each of those galaxies. There's billions of stars, like our sun, right? This universe is huge. And in all of this awe, we sit amidst it. And the Bible tells us we're made in his likeness. And we're to be in relationship with him. So if we're going to learn about God's plan, his overall mission for everything, we need to start here. This is our foundation. And that leads us to the next point. The fall. This is a bit of a downer. 
We all read in Genesis there was rebellion against God and, and that's brought terrible things. It has affected us physically. We're mortal. It's affected us intellectually. We're corrupt. And it's affected us socially. We're very broken socially. And then spiritually, it severed us from God and that relationship, which was that core purpose um, that we were created for. And if we leave out this bit, even though it's a little bit of a, it's a bit of a Debbie Downer, am I walking back too, too much? I'm a little bit nervous and I've had a lot of Red Bull this afternoon, so if I talk a little bit fast, just go, okay, he's, he's heavily caffeinated, we'll give him a break. If we skip this bit, if, if we skip, I'll just hold this, found, found, foundation. If we skip this bit, it, it doesn't give us that pointing towards the next crucial part of God's plan. We, we can't ignore this part. So I'll move to that when this works. doesn't have a very good range, this thing, does it? Oh, there we go. Sweet. Redemption. So even though the situation is dire and, and we're in serious need of something to get us out of this hole that we're in, that every... Physically, we die. I'm starting to feel this already, like this wearing down, like I've always got a sore back. I don't recover as quick as I used to. You might think that's funny because I'm only like young to some of you old guys, but I can, see, I can see the road I'm going down and it's not looking too great physically. But, <laughs> but our minds, intellectually, we're also broken. We, we justify the wrong things we do. We, knowing, we know they're wrong, but with our mind, we just deny it, just to, to give in to our desires. But socially, we're very broken. We, like every relationship we have with our fathers, our mothers, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, just friends, relatives, strangers, all of these relationships we have, they're a little bit broken, aren't they? None of them are fully functional. And our main purpose with God has been severed and lost. So we're, we're, we're scattered right now and we need to look towards this redemption from that place, except where we are. And God, in how amazing he is, has chosen to redeem us, not just discard it and start again like he could have. He, he wants to fix this. So we need to look at um, how he has planned to do this. And how God is faithful to us. I don't really know what these points are. That, there we go. He redeems us. The Old Testament shows this. Yeah, there we go. All right. So through the Old Testament, we, we see that God sets up this nation of Israel. And he wants to redeem them. And he gives them a law, a whole bunch of laws, to shape them as a nation. And he makes these covenants with them, these promises about things he's going to do for them. That they're going to be his holy people that he'll, he'll raise up and they'll be an example to the nation's around and you read in the old testament about this nation of israel they have their ups and their downs they have these moments where they're really close to god and you see all the fruit that that brings in the nation of israel they go through good times but then you also see the times that they walk away from god and they start worshiping other gods and the destruction and chaos that brings on on this nation and when you're reading this story about israel you constantly see God there. He's trying to pull them back to him. He wants to redeem this nation. He's chosen people he wants to, to fix. 
Now, the Old Testament can be a hard book to read. I can admit to that myself as well. The New Testament is a lot easier. It's a little bit hard in its own, but the Old Testament is even harder than that. But it's an important part of the story, the important part of God's mission. And we can't ignore it because the New Testament on its own doesn't make sense. You need the Old Testament to point to the pinnacle things that happen in the New Testament. Together they make sense of God's ultimate plan. So even though it's hard, we need to press in and study this book and try to understand what it means and and where we fit into this plan. Now the interesting thing is if you look at um, Jesus and the disciples, Jesus was using scripture to show why he was here and what was going to happen. And after he died and rose again, he explained and made sense of all these old scriptures that were already around to show what God was doing and how he planned the whole time to do this. And then the disciples, you see them, Peter and the other ones, using scripture with the Jews firstly to to show how this is God's plan. They didn't have the New Testament. They made sense of, of what Christ did with just the Old Testament. There was no New Testament written yet. So that's something powerful for us to take on board with that and go, well, this is part of the Bible we should study. And the important thing with this, it's not the Old Testament and pre-Jesus isn't the part of history that God got wrong. He didn't stuff up. Jesus wasn't plan B. And the Old Testament with its sacrifices, the Israelites wandering through the desert, um, them being captured several times by the Babylonians. They're always having issues with the Babylonians. Now, who's the ones David fought against? Anyway just battling all the time and it's not this dark part of the history that we just we write off because it's complicated and it's hard to make sense of it's part of his plan and if we want to understand the plan the plan that we are part of we need to grasp this part of the plan and if we study the old testament you'll you'll read about abraham in in genesis 17 i've got some notes if you guys want any of this stuff after in genesis 17 god makes this promise to abraham And that brings me to redemption part two. The New Testament shows how God wants to redeem his people. Oh man, this thing's killing me. Eh, Woo! Don't go too far. Okay. Alright, so if we read in Galatians 4, 4 to 5 as well, actually, not just 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So you see how this points to Jesus not being plan B. Jesus is part of overall plan A, the only single plan that there is. And now if we look at Jesus, he comes in and he does what Israel couldn't do. He is a guy who can do what Israel failed at doing. He fulfilled the law and then he died as a sacrifice and brought the answer to that problem we talked about before, the fall, when we acknowledge our brokenness. It points to us needing Christ who has come in and fixed that. And he's brought a solution for the separation that brings between God and us. In Christ you also see God's promise to Abraham fulfilled. Here's a bit where it ties into the whole overall plan. Do you reckon I could go into that? Or is that too complicated? Yeah, why not? 
I thought I'd leave that and wing it, see how much time I was going for. So in, in Genesis 17 you read um, God promised to Abraham because he was so faithful and that if his descendants stayed faithful, he would make his descendants into a great nation and some of them would be kings. Now when Christ comes, well he's the king of all kings, but Christ comes and lifts up Israel, redeems his people, but not only Israel, he lifts everyone up, the Gentiles, that's us. And he redeems all people. So we're all sons of Abraham. <laughs> Abraham had many sons. You see how this is tying into the, the overall plan? I swear I wouldn't sing because when Brad used to do it, I was just, oh, come on, don't sing in a sermon. That's just lame. Now I've gone and done it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you get. So he's in this Fulfilling the promise of Abraham, you, you see God's character coming through. He's faithful to the people he makes promises to and he's a God of redemption. He's fixing things. He's not just discarding things and starting again. He wants to fix everything. Now in Christ we also um, see someone model how to live for God. He's an example for us to all follow um, in how he interacted with people. For instance, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, and there's uh, all the other ones, Sadducees and all the weird names they had, in how he exposed them and how they were corrupt, but also in just the common people who he taught, showed the meaning of scripture to, then also how he interacted with the poor people, the sick people and those who were outcast, how he healed them and gave worth to these people. And also, you see, in how he interacted with his disciples, but there was a lot of followers going around, these people that Jesus invested most of his time in, who eventually then he sent out to build his church. It's an example for us to follow. Jesus is the pinnacle of humble service to God, how he humbled himself to become man and face suffering, submitting to God's plan to the point of death completely devoted to bringing the lost people to God. Now there's two key things I really want you to take from that part. But how am I going to go through the next slide? No, um, two real key things, actually a good point because I don't have any slides for this. <laughs> there's two key things I want you to get from this part of redemption. Do you remember the part in, in the Gospels where it talks about Jesus going to John the Baptist and getting baptised? Yeah, you know that bit, maybe? I'll go through it anyway if you haven't heard it. He goes to John the Baptist to get baptised and this is right at the start of his ministry and there's the scene where the do- it's like a dove from heaven it descends and rests on Jesus and God says, this is my son with whom I am pleased, I think one of them says. Well, that's Jesus receiving the Holy Spirit and that is the Holy Spirit that is that powered him, empowered him through his ministry and healing people and, and knowing God's will. Now it's also the same spirit that raised him from death. Now, and it's also the same spirit that the disciples received at the day of Pentecost. You know that story where they were baptised in tongues of fire and they started speaking other languages like it was their own. There was this powerful moment there and 5,000 people, I think, came to know Jesus in that moment because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, that same Holy Spirit 
is the Holy Spirit that we receive when we accept Christ. Isn't that powerful to see yourself in that story? The other key thing I want you to get from that is because of the work of the Spirit, us, the church, it's not just people here, it's the whole church, we're a community of people on mission and that mission is God's mission. And we get to be part of that mission. And we're all missionaries. It's not just the people that go overseas, we're all missionaries. So now I move on to the next part of this mission that God's on. Christ overcoming death and rising to the right hand of God isn't his last act. We, we can't ignore what the Bible says is going to happen next. It's a key part to this plan. Christ is going to return. And when he does return, it's, the, it's going to be a bit different. The Bible says he's going to come like a judge and he's going to bring justice. When you read about this, sometimes it's a bit... I, don't know. <laughs> I always feel like I'm missing out up here, like people talking and I'm not part of it. <laughs> hey, what do you say? That sounded funny. Um, <laughs> Jesus is going to come and bring justice. And sometimes when you read about this, it's a bit hectic. You're like, oh, gee, where do I fit into this? That's a bit scary. I don't want my butt getting kicked. But it's, it's an it's a important part because I know I've, I've felt this in my life. You see so much injustice in the world and it doesn't seem like people get what they deserve in this life. Like a lot of the time it seems like if you're a little bit dishonest, maybe in your work practice, you actually make a little bit more money. Look at Rupert Murdoch. He's cashed and he's got power and influence and it seems like, oh, well, what happens to this guy? He doesn't, he doesn't get what's coming to him, does he? That's if we ignore this part. It seems like that. He's going to get what's coming to him. Jesus is going to come back and judge. The kids that in our country and in other countries that get raped into the sex trade, that are totally oppressed and um, violated, he's going to come and he's going to bring justice. And that's something for us to cling on to and go, okay, he's going to bring justice and I don't have to try to bring justice in my life. I don't have to take it out on people because he is going to come and do a better job of it. The other crazy part in the end of this plan that God has is seeing his, you read in Revelation, I'll go go straight to it. It's a powerful bit of scripture when this thing works. There we go. It's a lot of scripture. (laughs) Let's take a moment and we'll read through this. It's hectic there. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from, among, from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall no longer shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. That is a powerful ending to this story, that he's going to bring justice, but he's also bringing this new creation that we're going to be part of and we're going to be in 
complete relation with God. It's going to be made perfectly new again. So with that powerful message, that powerful mission that we see of God's, what does that um, mean to us? Like, if we go over it again, we we know we're his creation and we're in his creation, right? But it's broken. We're aware now of our failings and our brokenness and see the need for God's redemption in our lives. So we look to his mercy and we start receiving his plan for redemption in our lives. We come to the, the centre piece of God's mission, his work through Christ and salvation for all of those who choose to follow. But that's not the end of it. We can't stop there. Becoming like Christ a little bit more day by day, all of us together, we're not just instantly better, we're striving to be like Christ in who we are. We're called to share his love and love like he loves. That's just that I've written down here, by loving like he does. That's a huge pocket of information there. Loving like he, he loves, God's love. But it's not just in the, in the big things that we do. It's not just powerful experiences of loving people. It's in little things as well. Like if you go into the Maccas and you're not just like, Big Mac meal, thanks, and walk away. In, in every action that you do, you should be reflecting who God is and his impact on your life. And we should be preoccupied with that until his return. And he's going to bring justice. And he's going to bring this new creation. It's not just a matter of getting salvation and telling people you've been saved. That's in there, but it's not the whole thing. On its own, it's not enough. And we will have, be having transformed lives. And through that, that will point people to God. That will affect how we interact with people. Willingness to serve, to help people, and to make sacrifices. Maybe even the sacrifice of walking out of our little comfort area here in church and going out into that community. What I want to put to you is a big challenge. It's to look at the way missionaries function now. Missionaries overseas. It's silly that we term it like that, but that's how we, that's how we term it. They're missionaries. And what are they doing these days when they go overseas? Does anyone have any idea of, of how they do that? They integrate themselves into the community. They get themselves into um, hobbies that locals share. And they become part of their lives. And then once they're part of their lives, they know how to sow into these people's lives, lives that they're part of now. We should be reflecting that in how we live here. We don't just minister from a distance and invite them to church and expect them to just come and, and be saved. We're called to go out to them. That's a clear message in the Bible. And once we, we go out there and we're in our communities and we know how to sow into their lives, we can be a light then like, like we're trying to be at Light Hill Youth. We're a light, we're in their lives and through these trans, transforming lives that we're having, that will point them to God. So I want to put it to you to think about is, uh, is how you're living your faith, is it, does it match to God's plan? We can't just make up our own plans. We, we need to align ourselves with God's plan. I'll just close in prayer. Lord, I just pray that you can help us step out and not just sit in our comfort zones, that you will transform our lives 
and that we will go out and be your people. And, and through that, people will come to know you and you will redeem all of creation.